Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Gather round. Bucks Nation, this is the Real Bucks Talk podcast. I am Michael Plus, joined by Mark Ramirez as always. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean at Real Bucks Talk. Also, find us on social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's all available at Real Bucks Talk. Also, if you want to email us, you can send in emails, realbuckstalk at gmail.com. And tonight we have a special guest. We're going to have Rindax on from the PureCast. They do a great job. He's one of the hosts with Brent Allen of the PewterCast, and they just have a great uh, show and uh, really do a good job of going in throughout the offseason, talking Bucks football throughout the season, et cetera. So kind of similar to what we do, and um, it's really good to, to have one of them on and, and talk some more Bucks football. Uh, but first, Mark, how are we doing tonight? Uh, it's good to be back. Doing awesome. I'm in the three-century mark. Right, three-century? No. Three century shit. Uh, I'm 30 officially. Nice. Uh, feel old. I <laughs> uh, actually work friends got me a Jameis Winston signed football. Now that's to me that's how you know people know who the hell you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. But enough about me. I'm an old man. We got Rendex coming on, and he actually requested to be on. I was actually happy you did that. So yeah. people listening want to be on. And right. Rendex, we know him, but mm-hmm. now. Y'all get to know him a little better. I know everyone pretty much knows Rendex. If you're a podcast person or yeah. just in the Bucks community, he's all over the place. So let's get to know him a little bit better and see how he's feeling about the the off season and just us poke around at him, ask him questions. Mm-hmm. Well, Rendex, how you doing? <laughs> Where's he at? There we go. Rendax speaking. Hey, Ren, it's uh, Michael from Real Bucks Talk. Again, welcome to the show, and, and thanks for coming on and joining us. First of all, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. Uh, thank you for asking. Uh, another nice, balmy, you know, early evening here in Florida where, uh, you know, you get about four hours a day to go outside, you know, somewhere between six and eight, and now between now and sunset. So uh, it's, uh, it's good. I'm good. Thanks for asking. No problem, man. Well, uh, usually how we do this, we, we like to get to know our, our guests a little bit more, just more than just football itself. Um, so if you just talk a little bit about yourself and maybe, um, you know, what you do outside of, you know, just talking Buccaneers football. Sure. Uh, I'm an amateur uh, cartographer. You know, I, uh, I collect uh, maps, um, you know, quote unquote, ancient maps, uh, buy and sell those. Um, buy and sell is about everything. Uh, I used to way, I don't say way back in the day, but it feels like it was way back in the day. Uh, I grew up in the restaurant business, you know, got a job, first job at 15 bus and tables. And I did it all through high school, moved up the ladder, did it all through college, you know, and then after college, uh, I, I just kept doing it. And then I, you know, try to use my degree and then 
I wouldn't. I'd go back to the restaurant business, and then, you know, I woke up one day, and I was 30 years old, mm-hmm. and <laughs> I went, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So I had enough money where, you know, I could, uh, you know, just sort of lay low for a while. So I took about a year off, and I thought about what I wanted to do, and uh, I decided that the only thing that I really never got tired of, of like, looking at, discussing, um, reading about, learning about was my favorite football team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I sort of started off on this little baby quest, uh, you know, starting off with you guys. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I contacted, you know, when you guys used to write on Real Bucks Talk, you know, listeners might not know this, but, you know, I contacted you guys and like, like, hey, I'm interested in, you know, writing about the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you said, yeah, sure, write us an article, and, you know, and we'll, we'll see how that goes. And, I wrote an article and you published it and you put it up and I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I guess, uh, I guess that's going on. So I did that for about six months and then I realized that, uh, English was never my strong suit. Like I really struggle, like, like writing is a chore for me. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, I love the subject matter, but for me, it's really hard. Um, I have to reread it and I'll change tense and sentences all the time and, and, you know, I'm just not, it's, you know, I'm math and science guy, let's put it that way. Uh, and then I sort of, you know, discovered this podcasting world, and, and uh, you know, so that's kind of where I'm at. But as far as, you know, off, you know, non-Rendax, you know, hey, <laughs> spoiler alert, that's not my name. Um, <laughs> Don't do it, they think it's Ren. Uh, uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, I just, I, I buy and sell a lot of stuff. Um <clears throat> I'm kind of slash like I, I kind of do commodities and I kind of like an American picker style yeah. and I kind of you know I just I just sort of do my thing um, where it's enough to pay the bills while I'm sort of exploring in the second half of my life of, of doing something that I really want to do and for all those people you hear that saying like you know do something you love for a living because it won't seem like work it, it's true. Because I did something I did not like for, you know, two decades, and uh, it, it felt like work even when I wasn't at work. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that sets me off the field. That's, yeah, that's awesome. Quick question though: What? Why maps? Like, what? What got you interested in that? Oh, I made that up. Oh, I was about to say, damn! <laughs> I was like, what the no, hell? No. I, I had to understand. I was like, what? What the heck? <laughs> that's uh, that's always that's always been my for some reason that's always been my go to answer. Uh, like back with the restaurant business when people are like, Oh, what do you do for a living? I'm all oh, I buy and sell ancient maps. Like I like none oh, of your business. I don't even I don't even know who you are. What like what are you writing a book? Like what like what are you doing? Like I don't know you. Like I'm, I'm sort of I'm I'm a little weird that way, so that's just kind of my go to answer. Like I buy and sell ancient maps. And they're like, Oh and oh. there's nothing to go from there because no one knows about it. Yeah. You know, they don't really have they that's don't know anybody that does it. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's, oh, it's like fine. Indiana Jones? Is this what he is? Like, what the, <laughs> ancient shit? I don't know. Uh, yeah. But okay, no, none cool. of that's true. Okay, I, just, I had to make sure. Sell. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I was like, going to say, like, American Pickers, like, that stuff kind of things. But, no, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, and you're in the podcast world. I was saying it before we even got you on that, yeah, if, if you're under a rock or just don't really follow the Bucks that much, you you should know who Rendex is because, yeah, you've been in, like, almost every chat room every twitter feed every mm-hmm. usually like i mean like we knew you through chat boards and you, we're like holy crap he actually knows what he's talking about and it's, it sounds smart like a smart educated fan so mm-hmm. obviously yeah i'll go ahead and write yeah but i mean that was yeah. our, our stance on you yeah well thanks i appreciate that um and that's sort of what you know when i took that year off to sort of decide what i wanted to do and once i decided to do it you know, I wasn't going to go back to journalism school and apply for a job at the Times, you know, like, <laughs> and I didn't really understand about podcasting yet. So I had to find something, you know, to, uh, you know, to, you know, carry my weight, hold my water, you know, in this relationship I'm in and, you know, pay, you know, my share of the bills. So uh, even though I did, you know, make up that thing about ancient maps, uh, but yeah, that's how I pay the bills. Like I buy and sell stuff. Cool. Cool. Nice. Yeah. I mean. And talk now. Now you're on the podcast with you do a podcast with Bern Allen of the Pure Cast, and just mm-hmm. talk a little bit of you know how that came together, and then really, I mean, you guys are just you're, you're kicking butt right now. I mean, really doing good things. Well, yeah, I appreciate that. Again, um, 
it, it was just one of those things, you know, like Mark was saying, um, not sort of having a traditional job allowed me the time to be in a lot of chat rooms, to be on Twitter a lot more than anyone really should actually. Uh, you know, any bucks media that's out there that's doing something on Facebook live or, or like I'm, you know, I'll, I'm watching it and I'm in there, you know, uh, I don't think I've ever missed an episode of Casey and Scott. I think I've missed like, uh, probably I think under 10 of those live, like in the past, like three years. So, you know, yeah, so it gives me, because I don't, like I said, I don't have a nine-to-five job. You know, mm-hmm. I can, you know, people are like, hey, can you do this at 7 o'clock? Yes, I can. Or, you know, at noon. Yeah, I can. Why? Because I make my own, I just move stuff around. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But uh, <clears throat> it started out when, you know, Brent did that first year by himself, and that's kind of like when I heard about podcasting, um, you know, and uh, I heard him year one, and, and uh, if you go back and listen to, you know, the the, uh, the early Peter Cast uh, podcast, you know, you kind of like cover your eyes and shame a little bit uh, <laughs> because we didn't, you know, we didn't know what we were doing. He didn't really know what he was doing, but he used to do this call-in show uh, on Sunday nights after the game, and you know, like he'd do a whole call-in show, and no one would call, so I started calling because I was listening to it live, because I can. And uh, so I started calling in, and we had some back and forth. And then, like, the second half of his first year, when he was going solo, he was bringing, you know, people that he had met in, like, the Buccaneers community on Twitter and Facebook and, you know, all those other things, uh, other people that had podcasts. Um, And so he was inviting him on the show. And, you know, my turn just sort of came up. And to tell you the truth, uh, the reason I got to go on the first time was because like two people canceled <laughs> and I was his third choice. So I went on and, <laughs> so I went on and we did a show, you know, it was fun. It was like, he was like, Hey, thanks a lot. I'm like, yeah, no problem, man. Like, you know, I, I will talk Buccaneers any place, anywhere, anytime, like not a problem. And then, uh, you guys may know, some of your listeners may know that the Peter cast does those beauty awards at the end of the season. <laughs> voted on by fans and they you know they actually get like a little mini lombardi trophy and again like two people bowed out of hosting of helping brent co-host the beauty show where we announced the winners and he called me and that for some reason that show uh i'd done it once before you know sort of this podcasting thing and i sort of let my personality loose a little more and as soon as the show ended brent goes hey do you want to co-host with me next year you know, and that was, I guess that was like two and a half, almost three years ago. And, you know, we've grown from getting like 50 to 70 downloads to we'll get, you know, 2,000 downloads within the first 24 hours of our show. And we're slowly building a reputation. Uh, people like what we have to say. You know, people trust our opinions on Twitter and social media. And last year, a big step for us was, you know, getting a couple of, uh, media credential days for training camp, you know, so we got to go in the media room and it sort of gave us a little bit of credibility and we could talk about that in the podcast and because fans kind of really, I thought really wanted to know that, like, what does the media room look like? Like, who is there? You know, what goes on behind the scenes? And we got to give that to them and like slowly but surely, you know, we've gotten a little more, um, Oh, gravitas, I guess. (laughs) And, and so now when we go and ask the author of, you know, Bruce's book, Lars Anderson, hey, man, come on, it's, it's not a problem. Like, now people are wanting to come on. You know, sponsors contact, uh, contact us through the email, and like, hey, you guys want to, you know, team up and do this type of thing. You know, we've had three podcast networks come to us and, and ask us to join their network. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it took a little while, a little longer than I wanted, but, mm-hmm. you know, it seems that, that uh, you know, at least for me, my sort of goal was getting into this whole podcasting thing, and, and thank God Brett came along because I, I I I know how to do it now, but I would not even begin to understand how to create a podcast, start a podcast, mm-hmm. uh, to where I just wanted to be as close as possible to my football team, where I could ask answer questions or I get my questions answered from the people in the know without having to work for the Buccaneers. And like I said, two and a half, three years later, and, uh, you know, we're right on pace. And uh, and people, like I said, people seem to enjoy what we're talking about. Yeah, good things come to those who wait kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 
That and you're still always a supreme fan. That's the best part about what we do like that. You're still you can still give your opinion yet show emotion at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like Yes. Yes. So, but we're like, not Go ahead. Well, yeah, like like you guys know, like we're not shills for the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's not, you know, it's not roses all the time. That was one of the reasons I I wanted to not not that I could have got a job for the Buccaneers, but that's one of the reasons I didn't want to. It's like, mm-hmm. like Scott and Casey are great, but they really can't answer those tough questions. Right. You know, like, hey, Caleb Benenock was really crappy last year. <laughs> yeah. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you know, it's his first year. And, you know, yeah. Scott would say, well, it's his first year there. And, and you know, he was a fourth-round pick, and you got to give him some time. You know, it's like, no. Yeah, it's no. brown-nosing the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it's not brown-nosing, but he – at it's his boss, so he, yeah, right. you know he he has very uh, he has mastered clever ways in using the right verbiage right. to say you know yeah it was you know, he likes to say well that was a bit of a disappointment and it's true but yeah. <laughs> but I want to be able to go it was a disappointment why and if it gets to the point where we actually have to call a player out and like like look this guy isn't good at all like he's really hurting the team he needs to go yeah. you can't do that you know if you're affiliated with the Buccaneers yeah that that's pretty much exactly what we feel and why we almost want to keep expanding it even more to show people well, this is why we're saying this kind yeah. of thing mm-hmm. but, right but it's it's all good i mean we, we love it with this this part of the being a fan and commentator i guess you would say but mm-hmm. with that said let's talk about our team right so do it with with you with how you look at how the offseason has gone so the hiring bruce arians um the draft Let's start with those two. What do you think of the coaching staff and then the direction we're obviously going based on the release of Jerry McCoy and all the new draft picks we have in? I mean, that's a big, broad question, but go. <laughs> all right, here we go. Uh, well, you know, um, uh, my girl, Cheryl, if you listen to the Peter cast, I mention every once in a while, she works as a bartender. And every time I go in there, I get asked, uh, you know, people know what I do. So, you know, and it's one of the reasons I did it. I, I might have said it a few times. People have heard me. It's like the reason I started to, to reach out to different outlets, you know, places like Real Bucks Talk when you guys let me write for you or reaching, you know, where Brent you reached out to me. I said, oh, yeah, no problem. I, I needed to find, or on Twitter, I needed to find people that I could talk Buccaneers talk to that I wouldn't just sit down next to him and go, uh, Bucks, huh, yeah, Jason Light, uh, uh, yeah, yeah drafted, drafted a yeah. kicker. Yeah, he's gone. He's terrible. Like, and you, and you try to have a conversation with him, like, nope, 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 nope. Or, you know, Jameis Winston's very polarizing. Nope, mm-hmm. stole crab legs. Nope, nope, Jesus, nope. Jesus, it's I it, don't like, like him. a good majority of the fans, too, sadly. Yeah, so I got tired of having those conversations. So so when I go in and, you know, and see Cheryl, I, I, uh, I, I get these conversations, and, they're, you know, one of them was last offseason, like, who's going to be the coach? And you know, I'd run down the candidates, and and but really, for the best situation, like the best coach for the Buccaneers, when you take the organization and where we are as a team, and the roster and the key positions, like Bruce, there was no better candidate than Bruce Arians. There just wasn't. Like he, every deficiency that the Bucks have, uh, he filled. Like. There was a lot of talk about how Jason Light and Dirk Cutter had this disconnect between draft choices. Uh, also, you know, with Mike Smith, like he's drafting these guys that would, you know, they look like they'd play a lot better in a 3-4. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, they were drafted because they're press corners. And they play a 4-3, four, four, and they play, you know, 10 yards off, and that's close for them. Usually it was about 12 yards off <laughs> on the cornerback position. So, you know, but... So you got Jason Light and you got Bruce Arians, who they worked with together in, you know, Phoenix or Arizona, and so they knew each other. And then he's like this quarterback guru, and it's a big year for Winston. The, you know, the organization has to decide if, if this is it or we got to move on. Uh, then we needed a complete overhaul, at least in defensive scheme, because, you know, it, I said it a lot last year, and you hear people sort of coming around to it now. Like I said last year, like, it's a race to 40. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, if, if you're Jameis Winston and the Tampa Bay offense, you have to score 40 points. Like, don't even look at the scoreboard. Like, don't even see how many points. It doesn't matter what quarter it is. It doesn't matter the down and distance. 
you have somehow to score 40 points. Jesus. And if you do, if you do, you have a chance to win nine games. <laughs> That's how bad it was last year. So, mm-hmm. you know, we bring in a, a, a guy that's very aggressive on defense, um, got a head coaching job because of how good he was as a defensive coordinator, which might scare some people because that's how you know Mike Smith got his job in Atlanta and then went back to a defensive coordinator and it didn't work out. Uh, but an aggressive 3-4 style uh, in today's NFL is the only way to go. Uh, I've also said that many times. Like I don't understand why people run run four three defenses anymore. It's like you just it's 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 a dying. If the NFL stays like it is, as you know, spread them out, space and pace type of type of uh, football. Mm-hmm. There's you don't you you can't run a four three like you just you shouldn't. A three four is much better. It gets more athletes on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, now you need those big fat guys in the middle. <laughs> You know, for the run, and we got we got ours, so we're yeah. good. <laughs> That's um, true. So, uh, <coughs> as far as the coaching hire, I think it was a, it was a perfect fit. You know, with Bowles coming in, and with the front office, and the quarterback, and the players on the team, like it was a perfect fit. We needed an attitude change around here, right. not so much to the whole hum. Well, well, that's the cards we've been dealt. Well, these are the players that I have. Well, you know, if I knew, if I, if I knew how to, if I knew how to fix it, I would. Like, like you're not going to hear those things come out of like BA's mouth or any of his coaches' mouth. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as the draft, I was a big, I wanted Ed Oliver. Yeah, so did I. Okay, so I'm fine. You know, I get it now. Dominican Sue's here. McCoy's gone. I've, I've got no problem. But at the time, I wanted Ed Oliver. I understood the the desperate need for another linebacker, especially with this defense we're fishing to. I, I understood it. Mm-hmm. But I'm in the belief that you can find linebackers, serviceable linebackers anywhere, just like you can find serviceable running backs or serviceable wide receivers anywhere. Like, you know, like, wide receivers are a dime a dozen. We all play fantasy football. Mm-hmm. We all know you can find somebody who's going to get you, like, a touchdown at 100 yards every week. Right. Like, right, like off free agency. Like, there, there's five or six of them out there just sitting there every week. Uh, and with running backs, it's all really about the offensive line. So, I had the belief as far as the, the defense, the defensive line still needed a big influx of young, cheap talent. Um, so I wanted it, Oliver, but them going with Devin Bush, uh, I absolutely understand Devin it. White. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, there we go. Hey, <laughs> Red. I, li- listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so uh, going with Devin White. Thanks, Mike. Uh, you know, um, going with Devin White. So, you know, there is only really like two, three down cover, speed, athletic blitzing linebackers. Like that, that were worth that's you could plug and play. There's two of them, and we got one, so I understood that. Um, you named the other, and one. now <laughs> <laughs> I did. Now and and of course, the signing of Dominic and Sue really softened the Ed Oliver blow for me personally. Right now, day two, I was expecting I would have bet ah. Three hundred dollars that the Bucks were going to take a, 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 a guard and it's your offensive lineman somewhere in day two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also said a lot that, like, who's going who's going to play corner? <laughs> because we've invested a lot of high draft capital in the secondary. The problem was none of them had have even had a good year, like an average year. You know, they've all been below average, like every single one. You can maybe, maybe make an argument that Justin Evans, like, rookie year, he was, it was okay, but, like, but none of these guys are, like, Pro Bowl snubs, or, hey, you know, he might get in the Pro Bowl, you know, I thought he had a good, like, none of them, like, all of them were not good, but me thinking that we'd already put so much capital into it, they were going to look somewhere else, and I, I was looking for, like, a corner nickel, like a nickel corner uh, in day three, and just we're going to have to roll with Davis and Hargraves and hope no one gets hurt and get our nickel corner round three because we're going to stock up an offensive defensive line on day two. Uh, it didn't happen. Uh, Bruce Arians decided that, uh, that Davis and Hargraves weren't the best idea, and uh, they went and got their guys for their defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just sort of flipped a bit because they did address defensive line when I thought they were going to address cornerback. Uh, 
you know, uh, Scotty Miller. I got a little story for you about Scotty Miller in a second. But uh, so I, after a couple days of cooling off, of not understanding, like, why is there, where is the guard? Like, where's, Touché. where's my interior offensive, where is he? Uh, you know, freaking out, I really looked at it, and we, me and the Buccaneers still had the same priorities, we just had them flip-flopped. Um, and I heard Bruce Arians in a podcast at one time said, you know, after we got, you know, made our decision and got our guy in round one, he just said, we're just going to get, we're going to, now we got to go get corners. Like, he said that, like, so... There come hell or high water. All that crap about oh, you take the best player available. Bull crap. We all know it's bull crap. <laughs> you take the best player when it meets to when it meets your position of need. When your position of need and your best player score get close to each other on a on a, on a graph, that's the guy you take. Uh, and their position of need was was way higher on day two. You know, with going after two corners and a safety, and I, you know, I'm I'm really excited about this Mike Edwards kids. You know, you keep hearing a lot about him. Um, also, something that fans might want to look at is that the social media team is really pushing Sean Murphy Bunting, like they're pushing him in our faces more than than Devin White or Devin Bush, by the way. Uh, so, so uh, Sean Mur- Sean Murphy Bunting might be like the most talented cornerback on the team right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because at some level, these these decisions about who to push have to go through at least cross BA's desk at one point. It's like, hey, we want to talk to these draft picks. Who do you like? Right. Uh, so that's sort of my thinking there. And so off-season coach, I think it was best the, the best possible – solution Mm -hmm. for the situation with the coaching staff and the head coach and the draft after i took a couple of days to sort of calm down and you know you have to when you're a fan or not a fan or or you know even if you work for the bucks or or whatever you do you 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 know you're a radio host or a podcast host the first thing you have to understand like these guys know more about football than i do okay they have done more film study and have talked to people more than i have okay why did they do this Okay, just because it doesn't, it, just because I don't think it was the right thing to do, doesn't mean it's wrong. Let's figure out why they went this direction. And after a couple of days, I understood it, and uh, you know, let's let's lock and load, see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think you could see like the overall theme of this offseason was just to add more speed. I think they wanted to get definitely faster on both sides of the ball, and that's something they definitely accomplished with the obviously the draft picks in the secondary, and then you added Devin White. Um, into your front seven. So, you know, I think that played a big part of it. But, yeah, I I think we're on the same page here as far as, you know, what our thoughts originally was before the draft. You know, we're hoping they would get a guard in in that day two, uh, you know, area and, you know, add to the offense line and even the defensive line as well. We thought, you know, front seven would be a a priority. But, hey, I mean, you've got to add pieces where you can. And they thought, you know, the secondary was was the way to go, like you said. Yeah, and, and also to add to that, like you said, there's looking at Hargraves and Davis from last year. There's no one that really blows you away. It's like okay, they're they're for sure number one, number two guys. Mm-hmm. So when you add that many talented guys in Sean Murphy, Bunting, mm-hmm. Jamel Dean, who's another just the same thing as Colton Davis, big, athletic, long, right. lanky guy can disrupt you at the line, and then Mike Edwards, like you're saying, that's just adding to the depth of some some secondary. You don't really know who's really the best guy out there. So why not throw more weapons out there to let iron sharpen iron and figure out who is the starting guy? Because we don't know who the number one corner is. Right. You assume it's Hargreaves based on just him being the, the old guy of the group, who's what, he's 25, 26? That's an old guy? Yeah. So, I mean, the lack of experience, lack of just depth, I mean, they needed it. Yeah, I, I, I was a huge guy that wanted a guard as well. I still want a guard. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's still a big <laughs> hole in our – the big big weakness of us, but that's to be found out later. I mean, it's no risk it, don't biscuit. That's the way he likes to do things. So I guess he's risking us run with cheddar cheese at right guard, and then we'll we'll, we'll figure out what happens the rest. I mean, but I, I agree with you. The coaching staff it was the best, but I'm not going to be hype train. I mean, the defense still has to learn a whole new three four scheme. Not playing ten yards back, like you were saying. So to me, it's going to be a learning curve, but it's the right pieces in place mm-hmm. and the draft. Yeah. Devin white. <laughs> I, I was, I agree fully with you. Like he, 
he wasn't the number one guy on our board. We made it obvious he was the number one guy on our board. But like Todd Bowles likes to do, rush up the middle. What better than get, like you say, the two big fat guys in the middle mm-hmm. to congest space, to leave it for one of the fastest middle linebackers in the league already and one of the most athletic. Right. So I see the pieces and the reasons why and the direction we're obviously going. It's I just I want to see it unfold. Like I'm not going to be a hype train saying, "Oh, we're going to the playoffs immediately." I got to see it, and I'm. That's why we have this podcast to to yell about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um, I, I've I said recently that you know I I believe in this coaching staff so much. Like, there's a couple things we're going to find out real quick if it, if it was the coaching or the players. We're going to find out right. this year. We're going to find out real fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Arians, I'm. Almost 100% positive on this. As a head coach, has never had a losing season. He went eight and eight once. Um, you know, Vegas has it six and a half wins. Like, if it wasn't for that seven week window where there was no games in Ray J, I would put down, like, I would bet, like, anything. Like, people were like, hey, what do you want to bet? Like, of course, I'm not going to bet, like, $30 million because I don't have it. I'm not going to bet $100,000. Sell one of those maps, buddy. Sell one of those maps. That's for retirement. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't have $100,000, you know. Uh, do I feel comfortable dropping $10,000 on it? I do not. And, I, you know, I don't live by myself, and uh, that you know, money's not all mine, so that'd be a conversation to have, and I don't want to have it. So <laughs> with, with, I, I really think that this team is going to turn around, and it's going to turn around quickly. There are certain coaches that when they get there, it's almost instantaneous, the change. You know, it doesn't matter how trashy the team was. Bruce Arians is one. Um, uh, Jim Harbaugh is one. Uh, Pete Carroll is one. Uh, Sean McVay, obviously, is one. Uh, these are guys that have gone to programs that were garbage, and they became extremely competitive right away. Nick Saban. Alabama was like I know you maybe you can't remember, but Alabama was garbage when Nick Saban got there. Like mm-hmm. they were on hard times. Like they were winning like four or five games a year, right. and he turned them around and they went like eleven and one, like the very first year. And I think BA is one of those coaches that can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so I'm excited about it. I, I'm uh, I'm I understand the uh, and <laughs> I understand uh, you know thinking that. You have to show me before I believe. Uh, I think a lot of I think the media and the fans are all sort of in that in that that mode, and I was too. But after seeing everyone else in it, I'm I'm just going to go a little different. Like and and I, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to you know I'm not going to like I said I'm not going to drop ten grand on it. But <laughs> I want Buck fans to get excited. Like mm-hmm. you know, this is going to turn around. Like we will be entering the golden age of Buccaneers football. And it's going to turn around quickly. And, you know, those games where it was 30, you know, we're down 35 to 10 at halftime, those games are over, you know. Uh, Giving up two touchdowns late to the Cardinals three years ago, you know, when we were like, you know, oh, we're only down by seven, you know, and there's a minute 45 left. And then you look up and, oh, okay, no, we're down, like, we're down 20 now. (laughs) Like, those, all those things are, Carolina scoring 35, you know, uh, the Bengals scoring 35, uh, the Bears scoring 35, like all in the first half, like those are, it's done. Right. Like, and you take the talent that we all know that Jameis has and make him and give him a run game and give him a defense, you know, that are just adequate. Like um, they don't have to be top 10, top five, mm-hmm. just, just be adequate. And all the games are going to be tight. And Jameis Winston has shown the ability to score late in games and get get the lead or come back and get you, get you down there and put you in a position to win at least in the mm-hmm. last play. Mm-hmm. He's done it time after time after time. So I'm excited. You know, I'm not predicting playoffs. I'm not predicting 11 wins. But what I am predicting is there's none of this 35 to 10 at halftime crap. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, well, with that being said, you – Well, Ren, before, before you go on with that, please – be the hype train and just make that bet. Just, <laughs> just sure. make that Vegas bet. Sell that map. Get on. Be the the hype train. I mean, I, I'll I'll be the the one arguing, but do it. I mean, uh, we need something, right? Fan base needs a influx of excitement, and I hope this year is it. I mean, I'm still on the hope side, but ah, yeah. uh, but let's go on to questions. Yeah. Uh, 
since you were mentioning uh, Jameis Winston, uh, I got a question from Ryan Nix. He says, "Do you think Jameis Winston earns that second contract?" And then also, how much do you how much do you believe that the defense will improve this year? Oh, okay. Well, I'll do the Jameis Winston one first. I do think Jameis Winston will get a second contract. I think even if Jamie Winston, even if the team goes seven and nine, I still think Jameis Winston gets a second contract. Uh, and it's it's kind of it's it's not quite as much as sort of like the Donovan Smith contract where where it's like well. That's that's what that's what a left tackle costs now. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> a sixteenth, eighteenth race left left tackle with upside. That's what he costs. Is it ridiculous? Yes, it is. Okay, so what? And I think you know, Jameis sort of falls in that category. Like, you know, we know he can throw for yards. We know that, uh, and I've seen his in- interception numbers drop. I'm, I'm sort of taking some of the games out of last year because of the wackiness of. Of you know, if he felt like he didn't score every play, maybe Cutter was going to yank him and put Fatash back in because he you know he's battling for his job. Right. But for his first you know for his first three years, his interceptions went down. You know, uh, two years ago, I would talk about quit being so loose in the pocket with the football. He's worked on that. Right. Um, and you know, he did get helped out a couple times last year where somebody actually fell on one of his fumbles. Like, <laughs> oh my God! Like Jason was just fumbled, but one of our guys fell on it. Like, what is that? So, you know, I I think he understands his weaknesses, and I think he works extremely hard at them. I think his football IQ is off the charts, and I think he can make all the throws. There's not a better quarterback in the league that can make the throw from 7 to 22 yards on a rope anywhere on the field when you're standing in a pocket. Mm -hmm. Like, Jameis Winston can throw it through a keyhole. When he has to turn around and throw sort of like a touch pass to the running back floating out of the backfield, or he has to put air under it deep, his percentages falls off the cliff. Right. And he does have to work on that. But you can still, not like they're, I'm not saying they're not going to take their shots or they're not going to throw screen passes, but you can have a, still have a very productive offense where you work the field between 7 and 22 yards because we've just seen it for two years mm-hmm. under Dirk Cutter. And they put up yards and they put up points and you know the, the offense has not been the problem and i really don't think if james doesn't do anything stupid off the field i think it's almost guaranteed he gets another contract mm-hmm. uh and it really doesn't matter what the bucks record are because uh i can tell you that if the bucks are under 500 it is not going to be because of james winston and i really believe that yeah, I, I agree with that. I think he gets. I think he gets the second contract. I think he's going to play just more under control and, and a lot better just because of Bruce Arians and and the coaching that he's going to receive this season. Um, and then the second half of that that question, talking about the defense, what do you? What's your thoughts on that as far as defense improvement? Well, I mean, uh, you can't get any worse. Right. I mean, exactly. it's, it's, yeah. like it's going to improve. Like when people ask me, well, hey, is Ronald Jones going to do better this year? Well, yes. I mean, because you can't get any worse with like what it was like forty-one carries and and forty-four yards or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, like I like I can do that. Like if you give me the ball forty-four <laughs> times in an NFL game, I will get you forty-one yards, probably fifty. Mm-hmm. Like, like I would bet a hundred thousand dollars on that. I mean, it it was. That had to be the worst performance by a running back in almost in NFL history, right. as far as like yards per carry. It was it was dreadful. Now we can all go into excuses why some of it's his fault, some of it's Cutter's fault, some of it's the offensive line fault. Who cares? Like it, it, it's going to be better. And I kind of feel the same way with uh, the defense. Um, I've already talked about how I think three four is the way to go to to. Uh, stop these pass-happy teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, even when Mark Duffner came on and still ran Mike Smith's mm-hmm. scheme, like, the Bucks improved by almost a touchdown a game. Right. Like, I think it was like 6.7 points a game. Uh, under Duffner, it was better than under Mike Smith. Uh, and that and that does include one of those 35-point, you know, halftime games. So, just how bad, how bad it was at the beginning of the year. Um so, yeah, there's nowhere to go but up. But I like the aggressive style of defense. I think they're going to keep us in games. Um, I think they're going to get us turnovers. Uh, I think we're going to get sacks. I, th- I think it's going to be fun again to – I think it's going to – it's 
remember, you know, the big uh, Brooks, Sapp, Lynch, Barber, you know, Simeon Rice, all the, when the defense came on the field, that's when it got fun for us Buck fans. You know, now it seems when the defense comes on the field, you start biting your nails, you know, and you're just, you're like, you're like, like the defense, okay, the other team got the ball, okay, and you look at the scoreboard and you add seven to it, you go, okay, we could, you know, we could come back from that. Like, don't tell me you didn't do that. Like, every time the opposite team would come on the field, you would look at the score and add seven and go, okay, yeah, we could still win. Mm-hmm. Like, and, you know, the drive haven't even started yet. So it's, it's, it's going to be fun to watch these guys. They're going to come out, they're going to attack, and Buck fans are going to be excited now to watch the defense or get excited to see the defense uh, come out on the field instead of just, you know, praying and hoping and, and, and you know, come on, somebody somebody do something, you know. It's, if, if the reason the drive stalled was because of a holding penalty and a drop pass. Like, we didn't do anything. They just didn't execute. <laughs> You're so right about that, though. I remember when Sapp and Simeon were like, doing their little dances, hyping up the crowd. Everyone knew, okay, holy crap, something good's about to happen. Mm-hmm. There was confidence that we're going to get a stop. There was nothing. McCoy would try and raise it. It'd get quieter. Yeah. <laughs> um, just No one else had any confidence. No one even in the back end had any confidence that there was going to be pressure, that they'd be able to jump a route or anything. So I, I hope that does come back. I mean, your, your D-line set for a 3-4. I mean, you got two big uglies in the middle. You got some speed around the edges. You got big length guys. Like let's let's see if they can put it together. I I really truly believe, like you were saying, you can't get any worse. It okay. can't get any worse. Like yeah. it can't. Like it can't. It, it doesn't <laughs> matter. Like that Chicago game, it could have yeah. been us three and like eight of our friends, and the score would have been the same at halftime. <laughs> the exact same. Sad. Right. Yeah, but yeah, let's get the mind off the defense. Uh, <laughs> so this is from Tommy. Uh, is the news about Kappa not being up to speed from Jenna Lane just a scheduled leak, as in the coaches are doing this as a motivation tactic? I guess Jenna Lane came out saying something about Kappa? Yeah, I saw that. It was when uh, we picked up – oh, God, that that, 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 no, that guy we just hit. We picked up the former, like, like second-round pick. Oh, yeah, from the uh, Saints, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't. He's got. He's like Le Fleur, Le Lidable. I don't know, like Le Romulus or something. It's yeah. It's very like French Roman or something. Mm-hmm. So um, when he was picked up, you know, Jenna was said something about how this doesn't surprise her because she's heard that Cap is not where he wants to be. Well, I don't know, Tommy. I can't tell you. You know, I have been out to OTAs, but it's 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 guys in t-shirts and yeah. shorts with a helmet on right. like Big there's nothing <laughs> yeah i can't i can't tell you like maybe it's the mental side or the processing side or the learning side where he's where, where it takes him longer than any other offensive lineman out there to pick things up i don't know you know could kappa be a bust well probably like it's either kappa or mj stewart like which one of those guys are busting out first <laughs> um so uh, i i don't know and 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 like you know uh Mark said earlier about right guard being a huge uh, worrisome, and, and you know, it, and I get it because it was for me too. That's why I'm like day two, get a guard. Like here we go, like let's fill that hole, and we'll worry about other stuff. Uh, but you know, um, again, I'm I don't know. I, I just don't know. I can't tell you with any certainty. Uh, I, don't, I don't really like to guess or speculate. You know, if I see something, I'll tell you about it. Or if I, or if I think about something enough, I'll tell you about it. Uh, was it put out there so to get you know, cap his button gear. I don't know. Um, but I will tell you that, uh, you know, a lot of people were looking at Kappa, you know, when we start, when we start training camp and getting the pads, a lot of fans are be looking at that, at that right guard spot. And it doesn't really matter if that was leaked out or not, or if it's true or not, because we're all going to find out really quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I think, yeah, he's, He's uh he's got the hot seat on him. He's he knows he's got to step up and really take that spot. Um, I think it'll be him or Earl Offord, you know, one of those guys. Helen, um, keep your eyes open for Zach Bailey. That's yeah, only, Zach Bailey as well. Only so. guy that I really liked of the and drafted free agents. I was like, okay, we got a big body, mm-hmm. guard looking dude. I mean, I I rather see him get some reps than. <sighs> right. I don't know. I, he just has more of the mold of a guard body that I. Yeah. That sounds awkward to hear, but yeah. he just has that stockier, bigger build instead of lanky and just not no let low center of gravity. To, I don't know. 
that's just I think Zach Bailey's a better look at than Kappa and Beninok at right guard. Mm-hmm. But let's move on to the next one. So this is from Demetrios, and you kind of answered this already. Uh, the first question: What are your thoughts on the new round of sanctions imposed on Iran? <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> well, but then, what are the odds of Rojo as the starter or one B to Barber's one A at the end of the season? All right, uh, politics. I don't follow him. I don't care about him. Um, yeah, <laughs> not, I'm a, and I don't mean to. You know, if people are out there like, how do you not care about politics? And like, and, and I'll, here's why. Uh, I am a, you know, uh, do your business or get off the pot type of guy. You know, um, I don't talk about things I don't know about, yeah. and I don't know anything about politics, and I definitely don't know anything about Middle Eastern politics. So, plus for me, it's a Bucks podcast too. So let's keep it. Yeah. Going. So, so I, I, I don't know. Um, and the reason I don't know is because one, it really doesn't affect. Like I'm in the income, and I'm not in that percentage of you know where decisions made at the White House level affect my business or my job or my life. Like they really don't. And if they do, about the time it trickles down to me, someone else new is there, and they're changing it. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's not a big deal to me, Rojo. <laughs> talk about that (laughs) um yeah uh i think the plan is for him to be 1b you know um uh, you know the change of pace back uh uh like i said it can't get any worse i am looking forward to seeing ronald jones get the ball and catch some passes uh but i'm not counting on it you know uh it's he was so bad last year as far as things not understanding how to be a pro and, you know, not doing the right things and then just really crappy luck every time he got the ball and there was someone standing in front of his face. But you know what else happened? Every time Peyton Barber got the ball, someone was standing in front of his face too. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you guys that Peyton Barber's jump cut is borderline elite. It's one of the best in the leagues. And I think I'm going to switch this question up a little bit. That I think Peyton Barber is going to have a top ten type of fantasy football running back uh, year. Let me and, write that down. Let me write that down. Sure, you write it down. <laughs> and then he's going to price himself out, and he's not going to be a Buccaneer next year. So this is a big learning year for Ronald Jones because I think the team looking forward, because that's your job as a GM and being in the front office, looking forward, they hope that Barber has a big year in a Bruce Arians offense that features a running back with his type of skill set, and then he moves off in free agency, and then they just slide Rojo in to start at 2020. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I think Peyton Barber is definitely one of the more underrated players on the team. I, I like his work ethic, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, Rojo himself, I mean, he's got a lot to prove. It looks like, I think I just saw a recent photo, he's up to two, 220 pounds, so it looks like he's trying to get you know bigger and, and more stronger at the point of attack. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they use both of them and really uh, you know, you know, how they use them in the passing game. I think Peyton Barber wants to get better in that area as well. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be a good battle. I mean, the hope is you know, Rojo can just show flashes or, or show consistency of what he did at USC. If he can do that, I think we'll all be happy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I can't wait to see how they're both used in this offense. Yeah. You know, uh, once again, any production out of, out of Ronald Jones this year will be, you know, welcome with open arms because, once again, there was zero last year. It's almost like he didn't even play. It's almost like he's a rookie again. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, how is he going to do? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't. I don't know because it's impossible for him to make it that far in his football career and be that bad what I saw last year. It's impossible. Impo- like that would not have started in high school, that effort that he had last year. It's just, you know, so, and, you know, he's at the bottom of the barrel and looking up. Yeah, uh, well, I think that's going to do it for us uh, as far as questions. Um, again, Ren, thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure to have you on, and hopefully we'll we'll talk again soon. We're, we're going to have to join uh, the Pewtercast sometime and talk some football on there, um, you know, with Brent and yourself. But, yeah, uh, always fun talking Bucks football. It's great to, you know, learn some, you know, more things about you besides Buccaneers. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, again, thank you for coming on, and, and tell everyone how they can get a hold of you. Yeah, well, the best way to find me is on Twitter 
at Rendax, R-E-N underscore D-A-X-T. I'm always down to talk Buccaneers football, but I know there's some people out there that uh, have quote-unquote hot takes or things they really don't want to put out on the Twitterverse. Uh, you're welcome to slide in my direct messaging there on Twitter, and <laughs> we'll talk Buccaneers football uh, there as well, too. And then, you know, the show, the Petercast, I'm on there with Brent Allen, uh, at the Petercast on Twitter and across all social medias, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, I'll be doing my Wren's training camp journal again this year. And when the season starts, the Petercast goes four times a week. So, uh, you know, uh, if you don't know who we are, give us a listen. And if you do, thank you very much for listening. Awesome. Yeah, well, we'll see you at training camp for sure. So uh, definitely. All right, man. Well, thanks again, and, and have a great night. Yeah, no problem. See you guys. Thank you. Thank all you, right. Ren. See you. There he is, Mr. Rendax himself, guys. Yep. Yeah. D- awesome, awesome personality, right? Mm-hmm. He he can talk football. I mean, that's when he first came to us. Yeah, we, he just knew what he was talking about with the Bucks and formation schemes, and mm-hmm. just had the vibe of the Bucks, and that's what we feel like we have, like right. seeing what they're doing. And we know we're, we're like, damn it. Just what do you stop? Yeah. And it's like, you just start seeing the pattern over and over. And like, he mm-hmm. saw the same things of the patterns of just bad execution, bad, mm-hmm. just all around top to bottom. And it just, we're just like, go ahead, say yeah. what you want to say. Cause you, you know what you're talking about. Right. And like he said in this whole show, like a lot of stuff we do agree on. And, mm-hmm. We all hope, yeah, that the coaching staff is good. I mean, and leads us the right way. And we all do believe in them. Mm-hmm. It's just, I know he's he's very confident. I hope he does put that bet down. <laughs> I just, I want to see it yeah. happen. Yeah. Come yeah. into fruition kind of thing. Yeah, we got to see it. Um, and again, we're only now a few weeks away from the start of training camp. So we got to see how it all plays out there and see what happens when they put the pads on and see who can be physical at the point of attack and, and win these one-on-one matchups because that's what it really comes down to in this league. It's about winning those matchups consistently, and we'll see if the Bucks can start doing that. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be a fun year, and uh, can't wait. But, again, uh, thanks to Rendax for joining us, and also thank you guys for the questions and thoughts. Uh, we appreciate it. And, as always, you guys have a great night. Happy Fourth of July tomorrow. Enjoy it. Be safe. And go Bucks. <laughs> <laughs>